What is going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Medical Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I enjoy my co-host, Matt Llewellyn. Matt, it's Friday. How are you doing this evening? I'm good, man. It's birthday weekend for me, so I'm ready to go. That's right, yeah. Your birthday's uh, tomorrow. Mine's in yep. three weeks. Nice. It's nice, yeah. May birthdays. Um, we got a cool show for you guys planned tonight, so hopefully you're in. While you're here, uh, hit like, hit share, hit subscribe. You know all all the you know whole nine yards. Melissa, how's it going? Uh, yep. First on the docket tonight, Matt. Mark Schofield of Touchdown mm-hmm. Wire recently wrote an article basically saying that Trey Lance might start a lot sooner than everybody's kind of thinking right now. Yeah. Um, when do you think Trey Lance will start, and and why? Uh, he'll start when Jimmy gets hurt in October because that's why. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> In all seriousness, if everything's following the pattern, Jimmy is more than likely going to get hurt. That's just been his M.O. And Trey Lance is going to have to be ready to go. Um, I expect them to split the battle in preseason. I expect Trey Lance to get a lot of looks in preseason to get him up to speed. And that's going to be the biggest thing for him is he he hasn't really he played one game this year. And, you know. He played in 2019, and that's at, that's at the FCS level. So you're talking about making a leap just even past Division One and going straight to the NFL after a year off. I mean, he's you know the speed of the game is bad enough for everybody else. I think he's going to have to take a little time to adjust to that. And so I, I don't think the team should rush him out there, but at the same time, give him the reps that he needs to where if Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, unfortunately gets hurt again, that Trey Lance isn't, you know, fresh fresh faced and doughy eyed with no experience out there you need to get him nfl snaps and so the fact that there are going to be uh preseason games this year bodes well for him getting out there and kind of getting acclimated to how fast the the nfl game can be yeah yeah great point um you know uh mark was basically making the 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 point that trey lance you know the the main thing about the west coast offense especially kyle's West uh, west coast offense excuse me is the verbiage. Um, yep. I'm sure you remember that video. I think Mark Schler tweeted it out last season, maybe two years ago, where he asked Kyle to recite a play off the top of his yeah. head, and it's extremely long. Um, yeah. And basically, Mark was breaking down that it's really long because they basically call you know two plays in one. They call you know a play, and then if not that play, then this play. And mm-hmm. he spoke to North Dakota State quarterbacks coach, Uh, Randy Hedberg, who basically said, you know, quote, offensively, we're more of the West Coast type. Our verbiage gets long, and that's one thing our quarterbacks do. We're able to verbalize in the huddle where most quarterbacks don't. They aren't in a huddle in college anymore. They're looking at signs on the sideline and not dictating, not dictating, excuse me, what protections are in place. We verbalize the play in the huddle, and I think that's one thing that would be a plus for Trey at the next level. He's done that in our system, which resembles the West Coast offense more than anything. So, yeah, that would be definitely a huge plus for Trey if he's get you know thrown in because we've seen that be an issue. You know, um, I, I forget who it was, but I've seen reports in, in previous offenses where they forgot the plays. You know, like they can't yeah. recite the entire you know fifteen twenty word play however long it is. So I think that would be huge for Trey if he was called upon maybe prior to week three, four. I mean, unfortunately, with like you said with Jimmy's injury history, that's kind of just where this is going. Yeah, but if Jimmy doesn't get hurt, then what's the rush? Exactly. I mean, the fans are going to want to rush it, but if the, if Jimmy's in there and he's healthy and the team is winning games, then what's the rush? Yep. 
you know, it, that there's no need to switch him um, before he's ready. It, just let him digest more of the playbook. Um, let him, again, the biggest, I'm not worried about the play calling. I understand that he's a very bright young man and that he comes from a, a West Coast offense where they're calling long plays like that. That part of it doesn't concern me. It's the it's the being in practice and getting your throws in, right? And 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 adjusting to the speed of the linebackers and you know how well everybody maintains their zones in the NFL. How you have to throw with anticipation for receivers and trust that they'll get open because NFL open and college open, especially FCS level open, is entirely different. Um, those are the things. Those are the the roadblocks that Trey Lance is going to have. Those are the growing pains. And if Jimmy goes down, the one thing that will help him that we've talked about endlessly is the fact that he's athletic. So you can get him out there in space, and Kyle can dial up something that's going to get a wide receiver wide open, college wide open. We've seen it tons and tons of times, and that'll help Trey out. But in terms of throwing with anticipation, hitting a spot, one, two, three, go, those are the things that Trey is going to have to work on, and that's the the same things that every single college quarterback has to work on. It's the same thing that Trevor Lawrence is going to have to work on, that Zach Wilson is going to have to work on, that Justin Fields is going to have to work on, that Mac Jones is going to have to work on. You know, um, in a lot of cases, these guys were at the best schools. Um, you know, Trey wasn't, but a lot of these guys were at the best schools with the best players, and you know, they had people getting open all the time. I mean, how many players from Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State are NFL players? You know, so and even then with that, you have to make those adjustments. So barring a Jimmy G injury, I see no reason to rush if the team is is performing well. Um, that being said, if the team does want to, you know, make a move on Jimmy and Jimmy's playing well and they're like, OK, we definitely you know, want to go um, and make a move because his value is at its highest right now. I, I think that the trade deadline would be a good place to do it unless the team is like, you know, seven and one or something like that and then it's just like all right let's not rock the boat and let's just let it let it go further so it just really depends circumstances are going to dictate when trey goes but you know we've talked about a lot of times they'll know when he's ready the players will know the coaches will know everyone will know and they'll be able to see it so the fans can't see it until he actually gets in there but i i have every confidence in this staff that if Trey Lance is in there and it's not because of an injury, it's because Trey Lance is ready to go. Yeah, 100%. Um, and to your point, Jed York basically said, we could sit him for two years and feel comfortable with where we're at. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I, I can't imagine they, they take him and not play him for two years straight. But I guess they do have the option with Jimmy under contract for another year after this year. I, I think, no, I don't think it's not going to be two years. It'll be this year at the most. I know right. what Jed said, but I think Jed is just trying to, um, you know, let the fan base know uh-huh. that he's on board. If he sits, this is like, so people are talking about Justin Fields, maybe getting the Patrick Mahomes treatment, right? Where it's like, Oh, maybe you just let him sit all year. I don't know that the bears are that good. And I don't know that yeah. Andy Dalton is that good that he can carry the bears to a playoff run or whatever. The Kansas City situation was unique in the fact that they were a good team. They were going to the playoffs every year with Alex Smith. So they were able to wait until the end of the season, really, to put in Patrick Mahomes that week 17 game against Denver because Alex Smith had done such a good job with such a good team that there was no need to rush. And so I think more so than the Bears, the 49ers are uniquely situated to allow Trey Lance to really get time under his belt and really digest all of those plays 
so that when he does get in there, he's absolutely ready to take over. Because once he gets in there, I don't think that he's going to give the job back. So beyond this year, I don't think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be here. I think really what he's doing is he's playing for his next job, wherever that's going to be and wherever the 49ers are going to uh, move him on. Because the 49ers have extensions coming up and that $25 million is really easy to get rid of um, if you've got Trey Lance ready to come in. Yeah, definitely. Um, when, when John and Kyle had their press conference post-draft, they're basically saying, you know, every time we talk about adding a guy, we ask, you know, can we do this? And are you okay with doing this? And basically what, what Kyle meant by that is, can we make it work with the books? And Jed, are you okay with paying him this money? You know, like Jimmy, yeah. essentially knowing that he's at most a bridge quarterback, are you okay paying him 20, what is it, 3.5 or whatever he's due this year? 20, 20 seven i think 27 yeah see so and and jed said yeah so you know they get the commitment from the owner from from the organization that's huge um just to kind of wrap up this point with with mark schofield that was interesting he sat down a year ago last summer with uh matt waldman and they, they do their quarterback breakdowns which are fantastic and the one team he said trey lance could hit the ground running early on if need be was the 49ers so kind of cool he landed with the 49ers after that and just for clarification, it's twenty four point nine eight two million dollars. Okay, so round it up twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Um, Matt, you brought up Andy Dalton. The mm-hmm. reports from this week: Tony uh, Pauline of Pro Football Network reported that the 49ers tried to sign Andy Dalton, trade Jimmy, um, and draft Trey Lance to sit under Andy. And apparently, per the report, Kyle Shanahan was rather upset when Chicago outbid them. What do you make of this? Um, and and do you think the relationship with Jimmy is basically like nothing but professional right now? It's hinging on a thread. I don't believe that report at all. That report's BS. Why, so you have a guy who knows your system inside and out and Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been there for years. You still want to draft a replacement. So you're going to sign Andy Dalton, who has no experience in your offense, to play in front of Trey like am I like how is he supposed to mentor someone in a system when he himself is going to be learning said system this is the system that everybody says takes a full season to even digest and it's season two when you hit so really that would be a waste of signing Andy Dalton in that moment Uh, other than Andy Dalton staying relatively healthy for his career what does he actually do that's on par or better than Jimmy Garoppolo? The answer, I'm going to tell you, the answer is nothing. Uh, so th- that report, that report, again, did nobody learn anything from this offseason? Unless it comes from Kyle's mouth, don't believe it. Because everybody thinks that they have sources inside the 49ers building. And everything that came out during the offseason turned out to be absolute, you know, BS. Yeah. So this is just another one of those things where I absolutely do not believe that. Okay, that's interesting, and that's that's a good point, you know, because uh, it really doesn't make sense, and I didn't think about it in that sense. I was thinking more from a financial aspect. I could see why they were trying to go for Andy Dalton, but yeah, he doesn't know the system. You're you're come bringing him in here to train somebody. I, I just don't get, you know, it's like imagine getting hired, and then a week later you have to train a new employee, and you're like, I, I just got here myself. How the hell am I supposed to train yeah. somebody? Um, yeah, and the thing is, like, you might as well just listen. You might as well just throw Trey Lance in there week one if you're trying to sign Andy Dalton. That just doesn't make any sense. 
at last second sports, um, I would be shocked if Trey starts week one. And we talked about it. I don't know if you were here at the beginning, but it's not just about grasping the X's and O's of the offenses, adjusting to the speed of the NFL game after being at the FCS level and taking an entire year off. One off season is not enough to do that. So they're not going to throw him out there before he's ready and ruin his confidence right off the bat. They're going to kind of pepper him in. It's really, I, I think the real interesting thing is going to be next week, Thursday, when the schedule is released and we can kind of take a look and see if we can pick out, you know, whether it's after a bye week, whether it's like a cookie opponent, something like that, where you could really see them inserting Trey Lance into the starting lineup. But I really do not think that it's going to be week one. I would be willing to bet money that it's not week one. The only way I could see it being week one is if if Jimmy tears his ACL in preseason. That or if a team just absolutely blows them away with a trade offer, which I can't see happening unless their starter gets injured. Um, his, his highest trade value was Thursday before five o'clock, <laughs> you know, once, once that draft started and especially the Patriots got Mac, Jimmy's trade value just completely went down. So, um, yeah. I think his best shot is playing here, doing his best to stay healthy for a full season, playing at a mediocre yeah. average above average level. That's he's, audi- he's auditioning for a job. That's absolutely yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Absolutely what he's doing. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, now, even if that report that the 49ers tried to go after Andy Dalton is BS, mm-hmm. all of these other reports, we saw Deshaun Watson, we saw Matt Stafford, we saw name X quarterback here. How do you think this impacts, even if none of it is true, just the fact that it's out there, the relationship between John, Kyle, and Jimmy? Um, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think that it's really – I'm sure it pisses Jimmy off from a competitive standpoint, but I don't think it's similar to what Aaron Rodgers is going through with Brian Gutekunst in, in Green Bay in the fact that I'm pretty pretty sure that Kyle and John were very forthright with Jimmy Garoppolo and told him exactly what was going on. Um, and, and, you know, it's hard for Jimmy to really get mad when it's like, hey, dude, like when you play, we win. That's fantastic. But the problem is you've been injured so many times that we really can't, you played 30 games in four seasons here. Like we can't really go to bat for you in that regard. We need more stability. And you know, it'd be hard for Jimmy to say, Oh, well that's not true because I mean, it absolutely is. So Um, I'm going to address last second sports. What am I, what am I sleepy on Trey? Okay. You interviewed his, quarterback coach but that has nothing to do with the speed of the nfl game coming from the fcs level so until you provide me some kind of stat with that i don't know what we're really talking about here i fully expect him and i said at the beginning i fully expect him to digest the playbook with speed and accuracy and be able to do it because he's coming from that system but it's about knowing you know how quickly linebackers can close how you know how quickly that windows open and shut in the NFL, how quickly you have to get the ball out and throw with anticipation. And those are things that only come by playing. And he's going to get some experience in the preseason, but there's only three preseason games this year. He'll probably start a couple, but the fact of the matter is the first preseason game, it's going to be almost nothing but backups. So when is he going to start playing top flight talent? That That's what you really have to look at. And I'm not saying that he can't do it. I'm just saying that it's really unfair of you to think that he's going to be able to right off the bat. And what's the rush? There's no rush. If Jimmy stays healthy, this team is a playoff team. There's no rush to throw him out there. 
It's true. Um, and and we're not saying that he necessarily only a little one hundred percent can't. Yeah, a little little Matt Rand. Only but, only a little one. Uh, just you know, Hung Fat says they won't throw Trey out there just because Jimmy is going to be tough to beat for a while for him. Jimmy's got a pretty solid grasp on this offense. You know, he he's yeah. been in it for a few years. He's been executing it fairly well when healthy. Um, is Trey physically you know better? Yes. Um, you know, and, and maybe yeah, he's better. But day one, I don't think so. It's going to take some time better, for him. Better and at some things. And yeah, and, yeah, and it's a long process. I, I don't see the. I don't really see the point in, in rushing it if you don't have to. If Jimmy's yeah. injured, if Jimmy's not here, um, or if you clearly see that Trey is better than Jimmy. Kyle said yeah. in his press conference after the draft, it's going to be really hard for us to see not having Jimmy as a starter. It's going to be very hard for somebody to come in here and beat Jimmy. He and, also, yeah, he also said that he'd be happy if Trey made it a competition too. So it's not like they're not going to be doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, it's not, listen, I, I know I won't be shocked if he starts week one. I'm just saying that it's not really likely that he's going to start week one because there's no rush to do so. And he's got to do, and you don't want to throw him out there before he's ready. So in that regard, it's one of those things where I'm like, there's no rush. Just rock it with Jimmy, try to reboost his value for trade and see what happens. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's no guarantee that somebody doesn't get injured, you know, I mean, and you can't tell me that four games into the season, if Washington is having a terrible time with their stable of trash quarterbacks, that they're like, all right, let's throw San Francisco a second because they're 4-0 yeah. and Jimmy's playing pretty well. Why don't why don't we take a chance? You know, that there are those scenarios. I'm just saying that in this perspective, because of where Kyle and John were talking and, and how they were talking about Jimmy, they never wavered. Jimmy is our week one starter. Jimmy is our week one starter. Yeah. It's going to be hard to see Trey starting week one. Would I be shocked if he started? No, because he's so physically talented that it's, you know, he's definitely going to go out there and wow people just with what he can do. But if you follow what's been going on and if you realize that there's no rush to start Trey Lance, then there's no reason to. And you could just, again, you're trying to build Garoppolo's value a little bit too. So when he's out there, they win. So just build, build value over a couple of weeks, see if you can trade him. And then, you know, you can move on to Trey, but there's no rush. I think that's kind of the main point here is that there's no reason to if everything's working. If it's not broke, don't fix it. If everything's going well, the 49ers, you know, above 500, whatever the case is, Jimmy's healthy. He's more than capable of, of executing the offense to a relatively successful level. Is he going to be balling out and making every single throw and – you know, no, I, I don't. I don't think that necessarily. But is he capable? Is he good enough to win with? And I think the 49ers have proved that already. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the one thing. You know, Kyle yeah. doesn't have a winning season as a as a head coach without Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. So Jimmy obviously wins. So, mm-hmm. uh, question from John V. I fully understand and agree. Jimmy G has missed games, however, or missed games injured. However, I will ask this a million times. What makes a guy injury prone? ACL was his fault indirectly. Poor O line play caused the ankle. Okay, but okay, but then he also had a shoulder injury in New England, and he's had a concussion before. And so, at what point do you just look at him and go, you know what? This guy, he re-injured the ankle when he came back. It was a second, second, you know, uh, injury. What what are we looking at that at what point do you go, okay, he's had a lot of injuries. Maybe his body's just not built for it. 
I mean, is Anthony Davis injury prone for the Lakers? Everybody probably say yes, right? The fact of the matter is that Jimmy has started one full season in his NFL career. Yeah. So he can't, he can't make it through a season. That That's really the issue. And now we're bumping it up to 17 games. Yeah. And so we're asking him to do even more. So, and I see your comment saying his shoulder wasn't a problem in San Francisco respectfully, but it's still his injury history. Just like we look at players in college going like, hey, that dude got injured in college. You don't get healthier when you get to the NFL. Same thing holds true when you get older. Jimmy G is going to be 30 this year, uh, 29 or 30. You don't get healthier as you get older either. So you're talking about, I mean, major injuries. We don't even know how he's recovered from that second high ankle sprain. You know, they were talking about he was borderline surgical on that. So, you know, you're talking about a guy who's missed half of the games that he's been on the 49ers. Half. That's injury prone, dude. Like, sorry, but there are other guys that just don't get injured like that. I think that's kind of the main thing. And and Kyle was saying that we can't um, we can't keep playing with a guy. keep counting on a guy. Excuse me who can't play a full season. You know, we love Jimmy, and when he's out there, we seem to do well, but it's the fact that he's rarely out there. Um, real quick, Roland Chrome, it's a problem with Periscope. He, he said, why won't these play always freezes? I've had this problem myself. Periscope on Twitter, it, it just it takes a lot for it to play smoothly. Yeah, um, go to YouTube. I, go to YouTube, youtube.com slash 49ers Hive, um, where, where they're live. Or you can check, out, yeah. check us out on Twitch as well, too, at 49ers yep. Hive. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. Yeah. Um, my, my, Twitter. Yeah, seriously. Um, Ron Jimmy Garoppolo, did you happen to catch his appearance on the uh, Damon Amendola? I forget. I think it's Amendola show on CBS. I caught some of it, some of what he was saying. And he was there with his dad, and he kept quoting his dad. And I'm like, that's so funny, yeah. man. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. We don't see too many media yeah. requests or, or media appearances from Jimmy at all. Did you think the timing was a bit convenient for him? Um, I yeah, I think he's he's playing he's playing uh, ambassador out there. He's trying to be professional and show that hey, you know what? I'm a competitor. I'm gonna go out, and it doesn't it doesn't matter who you bring in. So yeah. it's one of those things. That's fair, John. All good, man. I know it's not that serious. I'm just explaining from my medical perspective um, as somebody that works in the healthcare field. Yeah. Um, but going back to his appearance on the uh, Amendola show, uh, he was asked, do you ever feel like people forget how successful you've been? You were just in the Super Bowl, just in the playoffs. Uh, and he said, quote, that's not really the NFL. It's more of what have you done for me lately? And I know that it's just one of those things. You got to go out there and do it again. You got to go every season and keep doing it. Uh, my opinion of, of Jimmy's appearance on the, on this show was he came off extremely professional. He came off like, He's aware of the circumstances and that he's taking it on the chin and he's just rolling with the punches. Um, and, and I do think that uh, John, he's saying that wasn't directed towards you. Um, but I do think that Jimmy is, is trying to get ahead of this because there's so much of this kind of media storm around his yeah. name. That he, you know, him and his dad, when do you ever see a player go on an interview with their dad? So, I mean, he has a big family. Listen, the, the one thing that I will say is that he has no other choice. I mean, he sees the writing on the wall. He's definitely not going to be here next year. So if he came out and was like, screw Trey Lance or like, this is BS or like the team is doing me dirty and, you know, started belly aching about it. 
then that paints him as in a negative light for future jobs. Of course, he's going to come out. And I thought a lot of what he said, you know, people are saying it's so professional. I'm like, man, he has that like quarterback interview down is what he has. He has that like stock answer. Uh, you know, don't it say something without saying anything, right? It's just one of those things where you just throw out the cliches, you throw out the stock answers um, without getting yourself in trouble. And then people are like, oh man, that's so professional. And it's just like, what, what did you expect him to say? <laughs> like he said exactly what he could say without getting in trouble. So it, it's kind of like the, uh, we gave it 110%. We got to be a unit, you know, these like cliches and all these sports players, you know, I, I can see that too, from your point of view. Um, I think just maybe the fact that we don't see Jimmy that often, especially in the media, maybe it was just a little bit of a refresher. Yeah. Um, well, he has to control the narrative because what Jimmy's in the headlines for most is being injured and being yeah. unreliable. Yep. So before, even during the Super Bowl run, what was the last memories of the Super Bowl run? Oh well, he only threw the ball X number of times in the playoffs because nobody trusts him. It's true, and he missed the, and he missed the biggest throw of the season. So he has to control his own narrative, and he's trying to get that back on track. So he really has no other choice but to kind of put himself out there. And it's pretty apparent that Jimmy's kind of socially awkward. I would say with the media, um, I don't think that he's too comfortable in his own skin. So, yeah. All right, chat, behave yourselves. <laughs> um. They did ask him, Damon Amendola did ask him, did John call you and tell you that they're drafting a quarterback or that they're drafting Trey Lance? And Jimmy said, quote, yeah, John called me. He didn't tell me who or how they were going to do it, but he did give me a heads up. John has been really cool throughout this whole process. As far as a GM goes, he's really just straightforward and overall a good person. You got to appreciate him for that. Throughout the whole thing, it could have gotten – this is the quote that I thought was interesting. Throughout the whole thing, it could have gotten a little fishy here or there. But he was very straightforward the whole time, and I appreciate him for that. Yeah, so I think what Jimmy's saying is like, hey, man, they were up front with me, and I appreciate that. It could have gone a situation where nobody communicated, and then I would have been like, what the hell? Yeah. But the fact that Jimmy – it's really telling, actually, that Jimmy said they didn't tell me how they were going to do it, which means that they probably told him before they made that trade to three. Yeah. So it was probably early in. Um, you know, it. I, I like – you know, and Melissa brought it up a little bit. I did like his quote on like where he talked about how competitive it was between him and Tom Brady. Yeah. Um, and you know, it goes to show that like if it actually happens, fine. But th at least the sentiment that he's throwing out there is that, hey man, I got no problem, you know, having another guy in the room, and we can go over strategy and stuff, and we're just gonna settle it on the field. And it's a good attitude to have. So, um, it, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see body language on game day you know that's what i mean point. like that's going to be one that's really interesting but i do think that it's telling that these videos have come out and there are 49ers players that are going and training with with trey lance as we speak and kind of getting used to him and i think the players kind of know the writings on the wall and they're all going to try to handle it professionally because jimmy is well liked in that locker room so We'll see what happens, but it looks like everybody in there in the organization is going to be professional. And that's part of the culture that Kyle and John wanted to instill into the team. So, you know, they went from this organization leaks everything and, you know, yeah. people have crappy attitudes and we have people who aren't doing the right thing on the team to, hey, let's try to transition this. We've tried some things that didn't work. Now we're on this page right here. And it looks like this team is a really tight group, um, really professional, 
everybody likes to get after it. You know, you don't hear about lazy players on this team or or players that don't like to train or anything like that. I've even seen Debo Samuel, who I've given crap to for being a little pudgy. He's out there and he looks good. He looks like he's slimmed down. So this could be a big bounce back year for the 49ers. They had historically bad injury history last year. So if they can stay healthy, the team is pretty stacked. So they should compete for the NFC West and for the NFC championship. Yeah. Um, speaking of Debo, I'm, I'm pulling up that clip so we could play it. I had it here. Uh, I wanted to talk to you because I know that you had had that as an, you said, that's an issue for you previously with Debo is that he doesn't really treat his body like an NFL, you know, wide receiver. Um, so there's this video from footwork King um, and it kind of shows Debo his footwork. I, I thought he looked pretty good. He looked a lot, uh, a bit slimmer. I shouldn't say a lot slimmer. What do you think of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, it looks, he's training and that's the important part. It's that when you see the guys in the off season who all you see is videos of them partying in like Cancun, you know, or, you know, they're hanging out with their friends or whatever. And it's cool to have a personal life. I'm not saying that that's, you know, whatever, but when you've had injury history and, you know, you've come in out of condition it's kind of important for people to see that, Hey, you're putting the work in and it's, it, you know, that way there's results there. So, yep. you know, I agree. I, th- I thought it was nice to see. Um, yeah. Because you, you've actually theorized that that could have, you know, attributed to some of his injuries last season. The fact that he was a little out of shape. So yeah. hopefully he's yeah, taking if you're out of condition and you have soft tissue injuries, like you have muscle pulls and stuff uh, like a pulled hamstring is an injury that is very much, you can you can work conditioning wise, flexibility wise to really prevent those types of injuries. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Debo gets it together. Um, last question, though, which you, you did bring up um, about the whole Jimmy and, and, and Damon Amendola interview. He asked him, what are your thoughts on the 49ers drafting a quarterback? And yeah. Jimmy said, well, we were pretty honest with each other. It's one of those things where he's going to come in here. Speaking of Lance. And I know it's going to be a competition between us, like it was with me and Tom. At the end of the day, all you can ask for is the opportunity. Once they told me I'd have the opportunity to start this year and fight it out, I was all for it. So, yeah, listen, it, the only way that the quarterback battle. So, once it's clear that Trey Lance is going to take over, the 49ers really do need to make an effort to get Jimmy out of here. Yeah. Because the only thing that's going to really, you know, curtail that and make it a, a, a bad battle is if let's say Jimmy Garoppolo plays the first five weeks, right. And is really, really good. And then has like a rough week against a good team. And then they put Trey Lance in. I think that will cause some consternation. The team will be like, Hey, we're five and one. Like why don't rock the boat. Yeah. But if Jimmy gets hurt or Jimmy's not playing well and Trey Lance comes in, there's not really going to be a problem there. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, Polly, there's, there's video of that. There's actually, there's video of that, that they're playing. So. Yeah, Kali's comment for those listening. Richie and Ayuk are already training with Trey Lance. And yeah. Which I do have I've I've brought up screenshots of the way that Trey Lance dips the ball really low, but that's something he needs to work on. He brings the ball really low. So something to keep an eye on. Let's take a quick break from today's show to say thank you to the sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Baxter Blue. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter Blue Glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light 
eliminating 99% of the glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. I know I myself am constantly on my phone, um, whether it's managing 49ers Hive or on my laptop recording new episodes with Matt of the Wrangle Center podcast, and my eyes have definitely felt the difference. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and all of our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every single pair sold. This is eyewear built for a digital age, and Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you have been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your new Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. Make sure you click the link in our show notes to get 10% off your next purchase of Baxter Blues. Now let's get back to the show. Um, The next topic on on our uh, show tonight is we are going to discuss a Lombardi, Matt's favorite topic, Michael Lombardi doubling down. So before the draft, he basically came out with all due respect, like an arrogant asshole saying, put your sources up against my sources. Um, and that the 49ers are all 100% going to draft Mac Jones. Obviously that didn't happen. The 49ers drafted Trey Lance. Michael Lombardi comes out on uh, Jason McIntyre of Fox mm-hmm. sports. And Lombardi says, I'm not buying. It was Trey Lance all along. Anybody can talk you in anybody, excuse me, that you talk to in NFL that has sources. They aren't buying that either. The 49ers can say it was Trey all along, but that's a crock of crap. They traded up to get Mac Jones and the outside pressure became really bad. Are the 49ers stupid enough to let tweets alter their choice as an organization, Matt? No. No. Yeah. And Lombardi just has a case of the red ass because he was wrong. He was called out for being wrong. And now those same 49ers fans that went after the team for potentially wanting Mac Jones are going after him for being completely wrong. And unlike the team, he's a sensitive little about it. And he can't deal with the criticism that he's getting. Why do Lombardi suck, dude? The only Lombardi that's good is the trophy. Vince. <laughs> uh, like, what is going on? Dave Lombardi is still doubling down on the he said that that the if they signed he said if they signed Andy Dalton, that Jimmy G still was gonna be there because that was part of their plan to deepen the quarterback room. And it's just like yeah. get out of here, man. Like they're just making things up to cover <laughs> their own ass because they put stuff out there and yeah. they can't like come on. Nobody leaked. Okay, so you're saying, oh, the 49ers, oh, anybody with sources. Who the fuck has sources in the 49ers organization? Nobody. They haven't leaked anything. Yep, it's true. You didn't know about the trade to three. You didn't know about the Trent Williams trade. You didn't know about this and that. Like, What are you talking about, people with sources? Like, come on, man. Yep, yep. We have a super chat. Thank you very much, Hunk Thank you, Hunk Fat. My man, as always. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thank you, everybody. or sister, we still don't know who the f- you are. But yes, and we appreciate you nonetheless. It doesn't matter who you are. We <laughs> love you anyway. Thank you for tuning in. One of our very first subscribers, I think I could yep. say. Um, by the way, if you guys are here, you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. It really does help. We're trying to get to 2,000 on YouTube. Yep. Once you once we reach that, we're going to give away a 49ers jersey. Also, follow us on Twitter. We're trying to get to 10,000 on Twitter. We're going to give away probably two 49ers jerseys once we reach 10K because that's kind of been my ultimate goal since it started 49ers Hive. So 10K on Twitter, 2K on YouTube. Um, go follow us on both if you're listening to us 
on audio. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We really do appreciate it. Um, but getting back to the show, by the way, I, I think we just we got to play the clip real quick after that. I think two small Matt rants adds up I'm to one. Gonna, nice yeah, one. I'm just gonna do them accidentally, man. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you know when I have a real epic one coming, and then we can play it ahead of time. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this whole Lombardi thing is just really weird because why double down? It, it, it's perfectly fine to come out and say, I right. had bad info, my source was wrong. I mean, even that's uh, kind of shitty. Even that's yeah. kind of shitty to do to your source and be like, yeah, my source sucks. Because then the guy on the other end of the phone's like, dude, Mike, what the <laughs> So <laughs> you don't want to do that, but just be like, hey, man, you know what? We, we win some, we lose some in this business. It's never a sure thing. When you're trying to be in the breaking news business and trying to be first, sometimes you're wrong. Yeah. And that's okay. We've all been wrong before. Yeah. So, um, this is actually a narrative that I've seen a lot. Is there a chance they leaked a lie just to see who would spread it? I feel like every time somebody believes they have sources and the story's wrong, that this is like the thing that they say. But that would mean that somewhere along the line, something did get leaked that was real. Um, and I just don't... I don't I just don't know because what would that have been? Um, unless it was something really early on or something really small. I don't know what it would have been that actually actually leaked because if you do this without anything having leaked previously, that kind of comes off as paranoid. And I don't think that that's like the best look for the team. So um, I think you try to engender trust with your staff and with your players. So I don't think they would just do this unsolicited without any reason to. So it's possible, but you know, I tend to see this a lot, and I think it's just a fun thing to think about. Like, oh, they're trying to catch somebody, like they're trying to trick everybody, yeah, trying yeah. to see what's going to come out. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, on this exact topic, uh, I listened to Vish Vish Kumaran. Um, he has a Blake and Vish Sports, I, I believe, YouTube channel, and I agree with most of his takes. I actually really like him. Um, but he theorized that Adam Peters himself was leaking this because. There was an actual – this is his theory, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it. Um, he was basically saying there's a possibility that Kyle Shanahan really did want Mac Jones and Adam Peters and the rest of the scouts and the 49ers organization are saying, no way, we got to go for Trey Lance. And there were those reports, you know, for what it's worth, give them as much weight as you like, that there was a divide between Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers organization, uh, the draft uh, team, the scouts. They wanted a different person than, Mike, than Kyle Shanahan wanted. So it's possible. I don't think Adam Peters, assistant GM uh, or VP, whatever his role is, the 49ers would be calling these reporters and leaking this himself. What do you think? I don't. What would the purpose be? Once they traded up to three, like. Yeah. What? what? Vish was theorizing that he wants it out there that if he, he didn't want Mac Jones. Adam Peters basically wants it out there that I didn't want Mac Jones. I wanted Trey Lance because I think everybody knows he's well thought of as the next GM if the 49ers aren't able to retain him. So that that was his theory. I thought it was interesting. I don't agree with it. I just want to get your thoughts on it. I don't agree with it either because what if Mac Jones turns out to be a star? Yeah, that's true. Because you never know. This this stuff is a crapshoot. Um Mac Jones might have been might have been something that the 49ers were interested at 12. But at three, that's when the game changes. Yeah. Um, 
And so, but then what you're saying is that when Kyle comes out, and this has been so weird, and I don't understand why people do this, but when when Kyle comes out and the story comes out that you know that they had interviewed John and Kyle about saying that Kyle and John did their QB evals separate so that they wouldn't taint each other's opinion. And Kyle was the one that told John, Hey, are you ready to draft Trey? Yep. And Kyle comes out and says, I've been interested in Trey since January. And everybody's still on the train of like, no, he liked Mac Jones. No, they talked him into it. It's just like, at what point do you just believe somebody? Like, he gave you the most milk toast answers before the draft, right? And everybody read into it that was Mac Jones. And I was like, he said so, he said absolutely nothing with every single word that he was saying. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no, it's Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones. Look, he's tipping you off that it's Mac Jones. And then it wasn't Mac Jones. And he goes, no, it was Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance since January. And there was like, that's a lie. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. It's like you guys just want to be contrarian, so you have shit to talk about. I know the off season is off season is boring. I know that after the draft, there's really not much going on until preseason. But come on, guys, we yeah. have to use our you know, come on, our brains a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, that that final press conference that was just supposed to be John Lynch that Monday of, of the draft. Can I address um, this real quick though? Too. Yeah, go ahead. I. I don't know that he specifically said that it was Mac Jones. I said that I think he said that he liked Mac Jones, but I don't I think that it's more likely that it was between Trey Lance and Justin Fields. Because reading the tea leaves ever since they got like whooped on by Buffalo last year and he started talking about, you know, you want the biggest, strongest, fastest guy or in the press conference he's like you want Drew Brees with mobility or Drew Brees with Lamar Jackson's running ability or whatever it was. Like he started to show that he was trending in the right direction in terms of the physical tools you want your quarterback to have. So I think at 12, I don't think that he thought that Justin Fields was going to be there. But when he moved up to three, that kind of changed things. So when he says we moved up for a specific guy or we moved up because we didn't know if a guy was going to get there, maybe he didn't think Mac Jones was going to get to 12, but I think he wanted to give him the best shot at getting somebody that was even better and if he's being truthful in that he's like trey lance since january then that's the guy they traded up for and the most comparable to trey lance in the draft is is uh justin fields yeah mac jones offers you nothing no arm strength he doesn't offer you any any athletic ability yeah he's good on the whiteboard and he does have good accuracy but again they're two different types of players so i just don't know i don't know i don't agree with i don't buy it um I just don't see how those are your top two. It's two completely different players. Yeah. Um, it's like one A, one B, and then D. And you're telling me it came down to one A and D. Yeah. What happened to one B? You know, like even in, in uh, Jim Charter's piece that came out right after the draft, there was no mention of Justin Fields. Right. And I'm like, what, what, what the hell is this about? But I don't know, man. It, it's really weird. Some people are theorizing the epilepsy diagnosis that came out, but teams knew about this from what I've read. Yeah. Teams knew that this was a thing with Justin Fields and it's likely that he's already outgrown it. So more likely is that they looked at the 2020 game film and saw some hiccups against top opponents. Like that's a real thing. Tape trumps everything. So if you're looking at the tape, Justin Fields did have some struggles against really good teams. And that's not to say that Justin Fields is not going to be successful. I actually really like him to Chicago. I actually really like that pick for Chicago. Yeah. Um, But I think, I think, that more more than anything that i think kyle just wants a guy that is you know can digest his playbook and somebody that he can mold and i think that lance is that so i also think and this may be 
completely uh, this is completely speculative. I am almost 100% sure that missing on guys like Deshaun Watson and and, and uh, Mahomes kills him. And, and not necessarily missing because he didn't, you know, necessarily even have the chance to scout them, look at them, but the right. fact that he technically had the opportunity to get them and he didn't and now he sees a guy like Trey Lance with all the physical capabilities, the traits, the tools are there. He's a fantastic person. He, he's referred to him more than a few times already as a CEO-like caliber person. Um, yeah. I think he said, it, we're taking Trey Lance. I'm not missing on another you know, superstar quarterback. I don't know. Yeah. That's just how I read it. My thing, though, is that he came in with a plan, and I think that he wanted to build the roster and then get the quarterback. And yeah. I think that's pretty much what he did. So I don't know. At this point, it's all guesswork. But I think people are pissed off because this Trey Lance thing absolutely blows up everybody's narrative that he is a Kirk. He likes Kirk Cousins. He's a Kirk Cousins guy. Yeah. And it's just like, well, the narrative's gone. Throw that shit out the window because that doesn't even fit <laughs> anymore. So yeah. Uh, Steve says, I think it was the throwing motion. Is that? I don't. I don't even think but... Justin. Just feels throwing motion isn't even like crazy bad or anything. I actually think Trey Lance's is worse because of how low he dips the ball. I know that Justin feels yeah. it's like a little baby hitch, but it's just like I don't know. It, it if you timed him, I would think that Justin Fields is probably fast. I don't even like Trevor. I, I think Trevor Lawrence's throwing motion is a little too long. He's a full body thrower and can't throw out of weird yeah. arm slots. Yeah. So he's going to get eaten up. And that was one of the things that they were like, hey, if Trevor Lawrence is going to fail, it's because he might be a little too tall and it might be too long for him to throw the football. So we'll have to bear that in mind. But I didn't think Justin Fields throwing motion was that crazy. I'm more concerned about Trey Lance because he dips that ball and like it's like it's literally down. His elbow is higher than the ball. Yeah. And I think that that could lead to him getting, you know, some strip sacks. But we'll see that. And he has nine and one eight inch hands. Which, like, out of the top quarterbacks, I think his hands were the smallest. So you sent those pictures. I'm gonna yeah. share the screen real quick, um, just to show the, the show the viewers. second one, the one that's like crazy low. Okay, that so. one that he, that ball is so low that like that is really really low to bring the yeah. football when you're getting ready to throw. And so, like, that's one of my things with him is that, that again, and look, look how much ball. So, um, in that picture, if you saw, you can kind of see with the nine and one eight inch hand, too, that he's not enveloping that ball the way some, like, Drew Brees, for as small as he was, had 10 inch hands. Yeah. So, when you have that much ball exposed, all it takes is a good pass rusher, which the NFC West is absolutely chock full with, to swipe that ball and it's coming out. Mm hmm. And because it's so low, it's not going to be one of those situations of like the ball is moving forward. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. There. Um, and I agree with Rick that that Rick Scangarello can Rich Scangarello can coach it out of him. It's just a matter of if he gets into a game situation, does it revert? Because we've seen quarterbacks try to alter their motion or do all this stuff, um, and you know, it doesn't always work out in a game situation because you've built up this habit. So we'll see. But I hope that I don't think it's going to be like a huge thing that's going to make him like a, a shitty quarterback or anything or like a bust. I'm just saying that it's going to be concerning in terms of ball safety. So um, let's go back and address uh, Kali's question. Uh, yep. Kali Young 
Um, Zach, Matt, question, top to bottom. Who has the better roster? 49ers. I'm going to let you take it first. I'm going to say 49ers. And I'm going to say 49ers. That's the right answer. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think top to bottom, they got completely snakebin last season. Injuries, COVID. I mean, they weren't even freaking playing at Levi's to end the year. Like, they just got completely crapped on by by the universe. Um, And I think that the roster now, they've completely improved upon it. They added Trey Lance. He will start at some point. If not, Jimmy Garoppolo is a pretty good consolation prize as your, you know, your number two, technically, your number one quarterback who's starting until your number one's ready. Um, you added Trey Sermon, who I really like. Um, it's the most talented running back as far as, you know, traits that Kyle Shanahan has had, especially with the 49ers. Um, and then you add in that offensive trio of George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuel. You get back Jalen Hurd healthy, which I'm hoping, reading the tea leaves here, they didn't draft a wide receiver for the first time in like 15 years. Hopefully that means they're comfortable with uh, Jalen Hurd's recovery. Uh, You got Richie James, Travis Benjamin, yeah, you know, kind of bottom of the roster. But that's still a solid way to round out your wide receiver room. Um, And then you added two offensive linemen and Jalen Moore and um, forgetting the other one's name. But they, I think the 49ers greatly improved upon their roster. And then on the flip side, the defense, they retained a good amount of, of their key ones. And I saw that Ace Daddy commented in here about Rich Sherman. We'll talk about Rich Sherman in a bit. But, uh, you know, they brought back Jason Verrett, K1, um, Mosley. There, there are solid pieces here that I do think the 49ers, top to bottom, walk away with the better roster. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I agree with that. Because if we're like, and it's just not, you know, again, like you said, the 49ers largely brought back their roster, um, snake bitten as they were with injuries for yeah. sure. Um, but I mean, we're looking, let's, let's just, so the Rams upgraded at quarterback. And I think that's what everybody's focused on, right? Because Matthew Stafford's better than Jared Goff. And I think we can all acknowledge that. Um, but they lost Michael Brockers. They lost their starting center, Austin Blythe. They lost Troy Hill, the corner. They lost Gerald Everett. They lost uh, Derek Rivers, their, one of their edge rushers for depth. They lost Morgan Fox, another interior defensive lineman. They lost John Johnson, the standout safety. They lost him to the Titans. They lost Samson Ebucam to the 49ers, another depth piece. And really all they brought in was a really old Deshaun Jackson. Um, I know they drafted um, some pieces, but when you look at what they lost, I think that that really speaks to um, – them being kind of top heavy in my opinion um they've put a lot of resources into a few key guys and if all it takes is listen if if aaron donald gets injured or matthew stafford gets injured well i mean obviously any team with the quarterback but aaron donald if he gets injured or you know cooper cup if he gets injured again all of a sudden this team is you know picking picking up at the bottom of the they're going to be the same situation the 49ers are um, with just with less injuries than the 49ers had because they're so top heavy. So, it, you know, top to bottom, the 49ers have the best roster in the NFC West, and I don't even think it's particularly close. It's just what are you going to get out of the quarterback position? Because what I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo would have stayed healthy last year, even losing Bosa, even losing Kittle for a time or whatever, I still think the team they, they were six and ten with absolute garbage at the quarterback position. 
And you mean to tell me that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't worth three to four more wins just on his own, just uh, based on his track record? I mean, I think that would have been likely the case. So, yeah, San Francisco is a much better roster, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so we used to do these standard shout outs. We haven't done them in a while. Basically, just quick little points here. Nothing that we can really get into for you know, a long discussion. Uh, first one that I have, though, 49ers added offensive lineman Alfredo Gutierrez from Mexico as part of the International Player Pathway Program. He can stay on the roster until the end of the training camp, and then he is eligible for an international player practice squad exemption. I thought that was pretty cool. It's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I don't know I don't know anything about him, but I guess we'll see, huh? Same here, yeah. The 49ers are one of, like, five teams that added players from this international player program. Um, and then, yeah. Players are changing their numbers. The rules have changed. Uh, Jason Verrett, these are all reportedly, uh, if we're going by their Instagram posts and taking them seriously, Jason Verrett, 22, now he's two. Emmanuel Mosley from 41 to four. Jimmy Ward posted a, a picture teasing that he was going to be number one. We'll see if that actually happens. Jaquiski yeah. Tart did change to 26. He's confirmed that. And then the rookie numbers, uh, rookie uh, free agents numbers, Trey Sermon has confirmed he's going to be rocking 22. And yep. Samson Nebicom that you spoke of earlier, he's going to be wearing 56. So going to be a new look 49ers, then, even with the old people. Lance is going to be five, obviously. Uh, they've, they have they made a jersey of him. So Yeah, yeah. He, they've confirmed that, yeah. So it's Can going to be – I'm, I'm so lost in the chat. Cinnamon Kiss wrote S-O-S-A-R. Is that an acronym? It's all capitalized. What is that? Shout Someone. out super awesome something. I don't know. What is, what is that? I know I'm getting old, but what does that mean? Someone tell me. Let us know. Let us know. Uh, well, yeah. Rick um, Torres. Yeah. Watkins. Uh, where was it? Austin Watkins. Yeah. Will D said it. I really like to see Austin Watkins when the roster spot. Peterson too. That kid's a good pass catcher. Watkins might be a steal. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Yeah, no, I, I get it. I, I, Austin Watkins, I think he could be a, a definite boon to the roster. Oh, okay. Same old sorry ass Rams. I like that. Okay. I love it. <laughs> All right. I like it. Nice. Thanks for letting me know. I didn't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm the old guy who's like, I don't know what these kids are saying these days. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did Kittle Kittle said that? Okay. Interesting. That's funny. Um Oh, John really? Lapidura said he's going with 28. Last I saw, he was going with 22. Yeah, he had posted pictures with him in 22. He, he had posted himself. So, um, I I don't know. I think that's I think 22 is accurate. It's possible it was just a fan edit that he thought looked cool, but that's what we're going off of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan and Gotti. Yeah, Sermon posted a, a jersey swap basically with him wearing 22. We're assuming he's rocking that. Yeah, that's um, yeah. And then again, Trey Lance obviously is wearing five. Um, they showed him with the jersey when yeah. he was introduced or whatever. So, yeah. um, let's see. So, Punk Fat bought my new Trey hoodie. Can't wait for it to come in. Thank you for your support. We actually yeah. have a new design. It's going to come out tomorrow. You guys are going to be the first to see it. I'm going to play the video. Hope you guys like it. Here it is. There it hey. is. Hope you guys like it. Uh, fantastic looking Trey Lance in that beautiful tux. I am a man of suits myself, so I was super hyped to see him in that beautiful blue 
Tux. Um, you guys can use code RGS15, 15% off your entire purchase. This one won't be out till tomorrow, though. So if you guys like it, give me about 12 hours. I'll get it out on our Teespring store. Go and check it out. Hey, man. You know how we have our little cartoon guys or whatever? Yeah. We need to have a red and gold standard podcast shirt with our two little cartoons on it. <laughs> oh, dude, we should. That would be yeah. fire. Be I can fire. make that. I can yeah. have that up. Uh, and, then, and then send one to me because I'd rock that shit. I got you. We'll get it. Um, yeah. So we're going to take some uh, questions from you guys before we wrap this up here and uh, get on yeah. with our Friday night. I also Sermon. agree with the person. Sorry. I also agree with the person that said they don't want Sherman here. I would take Sherman here if he was retiring and becoming a coach. But as a player, I don't know. I actually think he's going back to Seattle. There it is. Ace Daddy. Yeah, I really hope we don't sign Richard Slow Sherm. Apparently, yeah. there were preliminary discussions over the week, this, this past few days, I should say. Um, nothing more than that. I don't think there's any news on this front. I do think it's telling that he's remained on the free agency market. I know he's kind of playing it as I'm taking my time. I'm, I'm taking my options. I don't think that's the case. I, I really do think he's not getting the money that he he wants. So he's yeah. probably sitting it out, waiting for somebody yep. to call. Yep. Excuse me. Rick, uh, Rick Torres. I think Richie James and Benjamin will be competing for the same spot. It's very much which likely. Is, which is what? Getting cut? <laughs> Fourth? They both, they both suck, dude. Anybody who wants them here is like – I'm shocked that the 49ers didn't actually bring somebody in. And I saw Josh Doxson and D.D. Westbrook hit the market, and I'm like, dude, they need to bring one of those two in because what we have, like, Richie James is not the wave. He can't return. He cannot return. He's one of the worst return men I've ever seen in my life. And Travis Benjamin is, like, 83 years old. Yep. Um, I, I, I would rather see Benjamin, with that said, even at 83 years old, like you said, I'd rather see him take kicks than Richie James because we've seen Richie for the last couple of years and it's been absolutely nothing. I think Elijah Mitchell's going to take him with that four three five speed. That's a good option as well. That's a good option as well. Like at some point when you watch wide receivers struggle to return kicks, it's like, God, put a running back back there. At least they'll like run it. You know, they'll run through contact sometimes. I think that's really yeah. what the thinking is. So, I agree. Um, going through some more of these. Let's see. Go back to the number thing. Let's talk about that. Oh, okay. Um, was there a comment that said it? Uh, somebody said that they love the number change. Yeah, Ace Daddy. Oh, okay, I see it. That they love the number changes. You know what? I'm not going to say that I love the number changes, but I honestly, I just don't care. I watch enough college football that I'm used to linebackers wearing like three or like cornerbacks wearing <laughs> one, right? Or like uh, a wide receiver wearing like 41. Like, yeah. I'm so used to it, especially, you know, as a military dude. Like, I follow the Army Black Knights. And then, you know, it's a like army on the back of their uniforms. Or like yeah. U.S. Armed Forces, whatever whatever it says. They change them every couple of years or whatever. The numbers are weird in college. I'll grant you that in terms of when you contrast them to the NFL. But this Tom Brady thing saying, like, I'm not even going to know who – like, come on, Tom, you've won seven Super Bowls, and you mean to tell me that you identify people strictly based on numbers? Yeah. Like, come on, dude. I thought that was interesting. It's like you're coming off a little bit of a prima donna here. A little bit. He's coming, he's coming off his old man get off my lawn, and it's like, Tom, you were in college at one point too. <laughs> I, know you didn't, I know you didn't play a lot in college, yeah. but you were there at one point. So, Kali, does Jimmy switch to double zero? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, he's going to stay number 10. 
do you know I, I don't have my birth I have some yes uh my my fiance is gonna get me a new suit and it's actually ridiculously frustrating how I have such a hard time picking what color I want because I have too many of each color I'll, I'll just leave it at that so gonna get a new suit though so I'm, I'm stoked for that for my birthday I'm trying to get yoked before I get a suit man there you go I need to I need to get bigger yeah. And yeah, Dan, Dan and Gotti, of course you had to get one with the suit. That tux was fly. Trey Lance looked phenomenal draft night. Got to admit, uh, Rick Torres. Seattle said they are not bringing in any more vet corners, did they? Mm, I mean, interesting because everybody tells the truth. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll go to, to safety for Seattle. That relationship seems kind of fried, though. They shouldn't. They like they should. Their cornerback room sucks. They lost a bunch of people too. John Lapidura, Rogers is going with twelve blessings from the Brody family. Rogers isn't going to be here. <laughs> I saw die, dude. It's not happening. I saw a meme uh, that was like, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers telling Brian Gunkist or however you pronounce his last name. Oh, I, I, I view you as family, you know, which is hilarious because he hasn't sp- spoken to his family in, in years. Uh, which one of you guys do? I make the graphics, so if you like any, I appreciate it. Um, I just show up and talk shit. I don't. I really don't do a lot else, to be honest. Yeah. I don't. But, I don't have a lot of time. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm married. I'm working. I'm doing all that stuff. So I just don't have a ton of time. I'd love to. I'd love to contribute more, but maybe want to have more time. Now, you do plenty. The graphics, most, I'd say half of them, I you know commission out to people, and then the other half, I'm able to, to get done myself. Um, Melissa, yay, Matt is on team. No Sherm. Sick of people wanting him to take a 53 spot. Ouch. Yeah, he's, just, he's, he's clearly in decline. Yeah. The speed's not there. And like Will says, I like Sherm at free safety, but I'd say no to him as corner. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Kali, Austin Watkins will be a wide receiver of three. I'm calling it now. High aspirations. I like it. This I'm is a guy we didn't talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah, but listen, they drafted Ambry Thomas to be a corner, not necessarily to return. Yeah, like he could, but corner is already a physical enough position. Yeah. So, why? I don't know. I, I think that's something that you let your sixth round pick from Louisiana Tech do. True. I'm going to be um, angling for Elijah Mitchell to return kicks. <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Dan and Gotti, if he goes back to Seattle, aren't you worried he spills the information? They yeah. run the same the same defense, so. Well, I think he's more talking about the offense, but like, okay, I'm sh- listen. the The Seattle Seahawks have picked up enough like stray 49ers that they should know by now. They just signed Kerry Hyder. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. they they've signed at least one ex 49er for the last like decade. And yeah. Kyle Shanahan said it too in the, in the recent press conference. There's not much to figure out. It's just hard to stop um, when yeah. when you're doing it well. It's not like it's complex. You know what's going to happen. It's just I'm going to do it better than you. So, uh, no, no, Matt. Kyle Williams is the worst returner I've ever seen in my life. Kyle Williams had the worst game as a returner that you'll ever see in your life. But prior to that, Kyle Williams was not a bad returner. He was solid. It was just that. That got his ass run out of town, though. That got his ass run out of town. So, rightly Uh, so. Hung fat. Where can I get the new? It will be on our Teespring store. I think it's in. I put the link in the description. Um, Yeah, the link is in the description. 
give me till tomorrow morning. I'll have it out. It'll be men's, women's, uh, tumblers, mugs, etc. It'll be in everything. And make sure you guys use code RGS15, 15% off your entire purchase. Rick Torres, with the number of cornerbacks and safeties on the roster, are we going to carry five of each? Oh, I don't. I don't think they're going to carry five safeties. I think they carry three or four, but they're going to carry five corners for sure. I agree with that. Um, John Lapidura should have kept my guy born. They couldn't afford Too expensive. Him. Too expensive. Yeah. For, for mm-hmm. what New England paid? Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. I love Good Kendrick Born. He works really hard, but he's not. He got overpaid. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, John V, I agree. I can honestly give a shit about who wears what number. I guess give me a reason to remember it. <laughs> That's really the thing. That's really the thing. So let's just say let's let's talk Tom Brady. Let's talk about, you know, people in his division. If Cameron Jordan decided that he wanted to wear number one, you don't think Tom Brady's gonna know where Cameron Jordan is at all times? Like he's he's being old man, get off my lawn. That's all that is. Yep. It's true. Uh Melissa Brady is also battling for less offseason stuff. If you can't handle old man, retire. Yeah. <laughs> That was ironic, too. I think Tom Pelissero tweeted out. He's like, man, Tom Brady's out here talking about how they need less stuff, but, like, the the attendance rate for rookies in their opening mini camps was, like, phenomenal. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Dan Ungadi, the number change is going to mess with me so bad, but I'll get used to it. I mean. It's like, it's like college. Yeah. You know what's funny? When I, when I first, when I was younger, I, I didn't know much about college football, right? I only ever watched the pros and I was watching it with, with my boy from, from, I don't know, middle school, maybe early high school. And I didn't know that you could have multiple players wearing the same number. And my oh, boy, college, yeah, on yeah. Offense and defense. they just and can't be on the field like, at the same time. Dude, he like, that was a quarterback. And my, my boy was like, Oh yeah. He just hopped right back on as a linebacker. And I believed it. I believed it for like at least an hour, and he just started cracking up. Bro, like one guy's white, one guy's black, and you're just like, oh, I guess he changed race too. I'm not that stupid. All right? <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, look I mean, similar. College has what 90 man rosters, so you're gonna run so. out of numbers. So yeah, it's true. Uh, John Lapidera, no, it sucks. I think it sucks. It's childish. Is this as far as the? Uh, I don't change? know the. I don't know the context for this. Yeah. Uh, what happens when Pete needs help? I don't buy his BS. I think this is in reference to Richard Sherman. Yeah, ah. it's whatever. Yeah. Um, I want to get to her thing. Oh, dude, this was crazy. Did you see Miles Garrett in his suit? I didn't. No. I, you I what? Let me see if I can pull up a picture. Bro. Whoever tailored that was just like, hey, man, you want to be a superhero? Oh, you know spandex what? On you. I, I did see this. He was yoked in that thing. I was like, I thought he was going to like stretch and just rip it. <laughs> that thing was like tight, tight. All right. Hey, you know what though? If I was as swole, if I was as swole as Miles Garrett, I'd be wearing suits like that too, for sure. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see. going to share it real quick so you guys can all see what we're talking about. Look at this. I mean, come on, bro. Like, how long do you think it took him to get into that motherfucker? You know somebody had to help him with that shit. Dude, that thing looks like it's spray painted on. He said, hey, he said, Mason Rudolph, put on my motherfucking coat. Mason Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a crazy suit. Dude. Um, 
Collie. This is a great compliment. They, Matt they spray Michael painted, they spray painted that shit on. That's body, <laughs> that's body paint, dude. It's not even a real suit. Thank you, Collie. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you, Melissa. We appreciate you for the love. Always tuning in. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to take a couple more. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, dude, get to Melissa's comment. Thank you. Um, about John Chapman's doing a giveaway of our merchandise. Yeah, he is. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he so he won a shirt um, in our draft giveaway. He came in yeah. third place, fourth place, and he asked me if it would be okay if he gave it away and kind of plugged our, our channel. So I thought that was awesome. I said, oh, yeah, please cool. do. So, Thanks, John. Appreciate yeah. that. John's a great go guy. Out, go on, yeah, go absolutely. Sub to him go follow him. Yeah. And thanks, John. We appreciate the love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We love everybody. Thank you all for tuning in each and every yep. week. Once we get closer to the season, we're going to be doing a lot more. So, Yep. Shows Monday through Friday. Uh, Niners oh News will be back. God, look at that. Look at that poll. RW McQuarters. That's a poll right there. Good poll right Damn. There. Will D. Look, yep. hey, he's got the DeLorean, dude. He's taking it way back. <laughs> rw nice for those listening teddy ginn was a good returner there for a minute but we haven't had a good return man since rw mcquarters john taylor was the best taking it way back pretty sad that john taylor was actually our best returner yeah it is kind of sad um i got a good one going to grab another hoodie tomorrow thank you guys thank you hey thank thank you you. yeah appreciate you guys absolutely uh john lapidura hey besides lance who are you excited to see play i personally can't wait to see that kid from usc uh talanoa hufanga yeah Safety. dude i'm excited for him i'm excited for trey sermon because i think trey, trey Sermon's sermon. gonna be a beast yeah um and ambry thomas because i'm a michigan fan and you know he opted out last year but he looked good the year before and i think that's why he got slept on but uh, yeah i think ambry thomas is gonna be nice i was listening to uh connor rogers a bleacher report talking about ambry thomas and he was basically saying i had him as like a top 100 player prior to him sitting out the, the year. Um, so he's got some really good potential, man. Hopefully he can make it. It's going to be a weird draft because people opted out and yeah. we didn't get the same level of, of interaction. There was no combine. So some people are going to get, I think that this is going to be such a polar opposite draft, right? Where some high picks are just going to be absolute failures. And then you're going to get some late round gems that like, well, what the hell happened? And so I'm yeah. hoping having watched Ambry Thomas at Michigan, that, I hope that Ambry Thomas is one of those guys. Um, so his length, his arm length is in upper percentiles, even though he's six feet. I think his arm length is for somebody who's like six, three or six, four. So he's got yeah. length. Yeah. I'd like to see him out there. He made the chat crack up. I'm telling you, it's not my <laughs> fault. I, di- I didn't tell Miles Garrett to put on an old man suit. That's like four sizes too small. That's yeah, I did see that and it totally went over my head. That thing hey, is crazy. Savage though. Yeah. His his biceps are about to tear right through that shit. Flex, yeah, bust a flex right out of that. Uh Dan and Gotti, my sister is a Browns fan. She didn't believe he was that big until draft night. He's he's yeah, he's yoked. Collie John Chapman. Garrett, I if I listen. So I've gone to football games. I've gone to basketball games. I think that people underestimate how gigantic some professional athletes are. Yeah. Like Miles Garrett, 6'5", like 275. That is a gigantic human being. Yeah. So I once went to a basketball game and I was down on the court. And um, this was like years and years ago at a Sacramento Kings game. And like Chris Webber just strolled up. And I'm just like 6'10". And I'm just like, holy shit. That is a large human being. 
you don't see people above like six four that often. When I was in high no. school, my uh, my was he global studies teacher Jeremy Dirks. By the way, he follows us on Twitter, Dirks. If you're watching this, appreciate you. Um, he used six eight, and he played uh, a bit in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Gigantic human, gigantic human. Six eight, and when you're like 13, 14, he he looks like a damn giant. So yeah. when, when you get over like six five, like I'm six two, a little over six two. And man, these people are just huge. I forget how fucking big you are, because I'm yeah. like I'm right around six feet, and I'm just like, holy shit! <laughs> I forget, man. When like, I met my, everybody, my brother-in-law six four. Yeah, when we all when we all went to the game or whatever, you were like yeah. the tallest person there. I think so. Yeah, that's funny. So, um, well, D, you know it, brother. Taking it back in the DeLorean. That's right. Y'all forgot about Ted Ginn Jr. as a returner. He was good. Yeah, he was good actually. Yeah. He had that game where he had a kick and a punt in the same uh, game. He returned them both. I think that was against Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he was good for some. Isn't Ted Ginn still playing? He played last year. He didn't played he? in New Orleans. I'm pretty sure he played last somewhere. Year. They may scrap the combine after this year. Is this true? Have you heard anything about this? Uh, I haven't heard anything, but I would highly doubt it. Yeah, I think it's really valuable. Uh, the dude from the International Pathways Program is almost seven feet tall. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alfredo Gutierrez. I saw he's like six nine or six eight or something like that. Gigantic human being. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ted Ginn played for Chicago last year. That's right. Yeah. A couple years ago, he was with New Orleans. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us. Don't have too many more questions in the chat. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys starting off the weekend with us. Um, yep. Be on the lookout tomorrow morning at our Teespring store for that new Trey Lance merch. Go and grab it. Code RGS15. Get 15% off. I'm going to put it on the screen just in case, you know, I'm not saying it clear enough. RGS15, 15% off your entire purchase. Thank you all. Yeah, um, we love having you here each and every week. Thank you for joining us. We're going to get more into this as we the offseason goes along. Um, I'm really looking forward to training camp. I want to see. Listen, we got the Trevor Lawrence in his Jaguars uniform. Give us the Trey Lance in his uniform, San Francisco. Let's do it already. Um, it'll be interesting to see going forward. So with that being said, thank you again for joining us. Go ahead and click the bell for notifications. And until next time, go Niners.